All right, here we go. Live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia and our new weekly show, West Virginia Small Business Mastermind. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. For those of you joining us live on Facebook, welcome and thanks for tuning in. And we have an amazing panel for you today. Uh, our first section, uh, first segment is going to be really great with uh, Kimberly Hambrick and Ed DaCosta joining us. Uh, Frank Vitale uh, is my co-host today. Uh, every Friday, we bring like-minded people together on this Zoom platform to help West Virginia small businesses win. We're, we're trying to help leaders and small businesses, uh, business owners really navigate through uh, business issues and topical items every single week. And that's what we're doing through our media partnership. We're streaming this live call on Facebook through our Positively West Virginia page, as well as our entire statewide distribution network with WVNews.com. This West Virginia Small Business Mastermind is brought to you by Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Now, I'd like to jump right into it. Kimberly Hambrick with Kimberly Hambrick Consulting and Ed DaCosta with Catalyst Associates, Frank Vitale with Forge Business Solutions. Guys, how are you today? Great. great. Happy Friday. Yes. Doing well. Good to be with you, Jim. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, Frank. Uh, great, great to see you, Ed, Kimberly. Uh, guys, you know, we're wrapping up uh, our fifth week of Governor Justice, uh, you know, the comeback program for reopening the state of West Virginia. Businesses all across the state are, are getting back, uh, re-ramping re up their business. We've been talking a lot about this small business uh, mindset of almost like a startup mentality. And really what I wanted to get into today, starting this first segment is the idea of growth mindset. You know, a lot of people, a lot of companies are, are, are trying to reset. They're trying to get back open, calling their people back into work. And, and I, I hear a lot of negativity, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to survive this? What am I going to be doing? And I wanted to talk a little bit about from a positive standpoint, this idea of growth mindset. And what I'd like to do, Kimberly, I'd like to toss it to you first and get your thoughts on this. And then we're going to kind of go around the horn, Ed and Frank, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts as well. Kimberly? Great. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here with all these amazing gentlemen. So I, I, I feel not worthy, but I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> um, you know, I'm really excited about the opening of businesses. And I think we talked about this at one point. A lot of companies, a lot of leaders were doing professional development of their team throughout this. So even though some are coming back as a startup, there has been growth happening throughout. So I'm really excited about that. Um, a couple companies are also kind of throwing out their targets for the year, and they're looking at the next 30, 90, 60 days as a target. And part of the rationale that I'm hearing about that is if you have people who are coming back to work and they're still unsure, if you're looking at a revenue target that was set before this and when things were a little bit different, that's going to defeat them. So giving them some small wins as they move forward has really been helping out a lot. Awesome. Frank, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, if we're going to, you know, sort of jumpstart uh, consumer confidence, we've got to have some wins and we've got to tell the positive stories. And uh, I think last week uh, on, on your show, Jim, someone mentioned uh, about maybe moving away from just talking about COVID-19. Yeah. And so I, I think that's, that strategy is starting to work. I understand there's been some recent national polls that have said that people are ready to start hearing other messages. So let's, let's 
demonstrate those wins. Let's talk about them. Let's celebrate them. And I think that'll be a, an important part of motivating others and developing confidence. Absolutely. Ed, what are your thoughts uh, relating to this idea of developing a growth mindset? Sure. I think, I think it's always important to have a growth mindset, but, but particularly in times of uncertainty. And we are certainly in uncharted territory right now. People look to leaders, look to neighbors, look to friends, family members for reassurance that things are going to be okay. And there's a, there's a long time principle. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg, which came first. The, the question is, which came first, the winning or the winning attitude? As Frank said, we need wins. Yeah. People's minds off the negativity and the deaths and the infection rates. And so, of course, the answer is, the winning attitude, the winning mindset, the growth mindset comes first. Even before you have evidence, tangible evidence to justify it, you take a deep breath and you have a winning attitude first. And, and, and that's how it spreads. And, and it's similar to how a virus spreads, only it's positivity and optimism. And that's how we'll pull ourselves out of this. And then at the end, when, when things are back to I don't know that it'll ever go back to pre-COVID state. I think we'll, we'll forever be changed, I think for the better in the long run, that people will, will recognize that it was that optimism, that American, you know, pull up your bootstraps and get after it and work hard, that uh, has always been a hallmark of our country and our people uh, that will, will make the difference. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I, I've been hearing a lot of, of, you know, conversation stemming around this concept of getting back to the normal. And I get it. I understand where people are coming from because there's comfort in normalcy, right? It's that routine, that rhythm of life that, that gives us that feeling of, wow, this is, this is nice. I'm, I'm, this is familiar territory, right? And, and we, we, we think about our comfort zone, right? And I, but I've, I've been kind of thinking about this and, and, and I don't know if this is growth driven mindset or developing a growth mindset, but I keep thinking about this notion of looking forward to normal instead of getting back to normal, looking forward to normal. Because I, I do believe that, you know, the past is in the past, you know, and if we're not growing, we're dying. There's, that's kind of a, a, a saying that we've all heard before. If we're not growing, we're dying. But I keep thinking about this looking forward to normal because we do want to get that sense of rhythm back in our lives. Kimberly, what are your thoughts on, relating to uh, what I just said there? Yeah, well, you know, you said that a couple of weeks ago and I've quoted you on it because I think it's just amazing. I like getting looking forward to normal. A few words that you said that I think are really important. We want to get back to a routine. Yeah. And we want to get back to a rhythm. It's not going to be what the routine or rhythm was before, but it's going to be something because as we go through anything, we change. And to me, that's what's most exciting. And what I'm hearing from people, just the fact to get back to, quote, a routine of going into the office, if that's what you do, <laughs> if it's serving your clients, you know, it, it's things like that. And I, I, I'm like, Ed, I mean, we have to be positive. This is amazing and great. Um, I take each day as a new opportunity to be better. And I think that's what we're doing in all of this. So I like the routine and rhythm, but we're not normal anymore. <laughs> Frank, what say you? Just, yeah, I would just add a couple of things. First of all, you know, I, I read the other day an article from a guy and his title, his t title was 
chief disruption officer, <laughs> right? So, so seriously, we hear about this disruption concept, right? You know, businesses are, are developing, you know, a disruption mindset of let's, let's get away from, from normal. Let's get away from uh, just general routine, right? I mean, we all, we all need some sense of structure in our lives. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but this novel idea of being a disruptor, well, guess what? The whole world's been disrupted. Mm. Yeah. So let's take that as a catalyst, right? Uh, Ed, write a catalyst. Let's take that and as a building block. Tell me right? 23 cents. Right, right. But, 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 you know, let's, let's use that. And let's, you know, you know, the idea of, you know, speaking something into existence, right? Let's speak to it and have that growth mindset. And if we do that, I, I think we're going to be much better off than looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. You know, which in your car is a fraction of the size of the, of the, da of the front mirror, right. Of the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're the windshield. Sometimes you're the bug. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, well, you know what? I, I, I think, I think that, um, I think that there's a, uh, there's a lot of just incredible uh, wisdom in, in what you guys are saying here right now. What do you say, Ed, to, to those businesses that are, um, you know, that are struggling right now. You know, some of these folks that are, you know, like I, I just think about like some of the restaurants right now, they're opening this week. They're, you know, getting to 50% capacity. So they, they're, they're in itself is, is difficult, you know, because you've got 50% of your opportunity. What are some of the things you can maybe speak into some of these companies that are starting small businesses, Ed, that what's, what's a piece of advice you would give them as, as they start to, to, to really get back to the grind, if you will, uh, in, in opening, understanding that they're, they're somewhat limited, but we're trying to talk about developing a growth mindset. Yeah. And, and again, words have meaning, just like you said, you know, looking forward to normal vis-a-vis -vis getting back to normal. Yeah. The simple, seemingly simple juxtaposition of forward versus back, but it, but it changes the energy of the concept and even getting back to the grind. Um, we're not looking to get back to the grind, right? You know, because the grind has a negative connotation. That's right. Yeah. You know, a harmful connotation. So for, for me, it's about perspective, a broader perspective versus a narrower perspective. And even though I've already said unprecedented, we've talked about ad nauseum as a culture, you know, in these trying times and, and, to the point where many people, myself included, okay, I'm, I don't want to hear that anymore. Right? I get it. I understand where we are, but let's not talk about that anymore in those terms because those words impact us. And so I, one of my favorite uh, memes on Facebook is one that I like to correct because it'll say, fall down eight times, question mark, get up nine. Now, for many people, they get the point, and I get the point. Keep getting up. But for me, it bothers me because you can't get up nine times if you've only fallen down eight times. <laughs> you can only get up eight times. But that's just me being a stickler. But my point is, the meme is correct. Although the circumstances we're in are different from a broader perspective, guess what? It's just another problem. It's just another challenge. It's just another obstacle. And if you look at your life, it's full of challenges and obstacles. And guess what? Those are the times where you grow the most. It's not when everything is steady state. It's when you overcome 
by some great effort or some epiphany, some new technology. Frank talked about disruptive technologies, disruptive people, right? Steve Jobs supposedly said, if it ain't broke, break it, okay, break it, right? Yeah. Why? Not because he wants to be destructive, because he wants to be disruptive. He wants to get people out of their, again, cliche alert, uh, yeah. comfort zone so yeah. that they can grow faster than they would if things were status quo. Absolutely. Kimberly, this has been an awesome uh, discussion on developing a growth mindset. Do you have any parting thoughts for us on this segment? Uh, you know, I, well, I, I want to give both Frank and Ed 24 cents. So I think we need to forge <laughs> forward as a catalyst. <laughs> and so then I, I owe you both some money. But, but, I, but I absolutely agree. I think it is a mindset. We grow in, in those trying times. I call them gut kicks. And I have done so much growth in my gut kicks. And we're always going to have adversity, as Ed is saying. This is just a mammoth one that's attacked us all. But there's always going to be adversity. So just think about forging forward as a catalyst. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Kimberly, for being with us today. Ed, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you guys and your, your wonderful wisdom on growth mindset. We'll talk to you guys soon. I also want to give a shout out to Alan Walker from the Dragon's Den in Beckley. He's live on Facebook, checked in and wrote us a little comment. And uh, we appreciate you guys doing that as well. If you have any questions for our, our panelists today, uh, absolutely. Put them in the chat box on uh, Facebook and uh, we'll definitely uh, respond to those as well. Danny Fink, welcome to the program today. How are you, man? Good, Jim. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Say hi to Frank. Hi, Danny. Hey, Frank. How's it going? How are you, sir? Great. Good. Great. Happy Danny, Friday. Danny, here we are winding down May, May 29th. It's hard to believe, actually. It uh, is. You know, I wanted to check in with you on the, the business stimulus package uh, from the federal government, the PPP, EIDL uh, loans. Uh, what are some, I mean, obviously we're, we're in the midst of a little bit of a chaotic situation with people, you know, the rules changing on a regular basis. What's, I'd like to just kind of have you over the next few minutes, bring us up to speed on what you know right now, what other small businesses in West Virginia need to know about the economic stimulus package uh, from the federal government? Well, it seems like as soon as we think we know the rules, they change them. And, uh, you know, the House just passed a bill yesterday, which changed the forgiveness rules on the PPP. Of course, the Senate also has to pass it, um, and they are not in session this week, so they'll be voting on their own bill next week. But the House bill, uh, there's basically five major points to it, or five changes. One is, under the old rules, at least 75% of the PPP money had to be used for payroll in order to get forgiveness. They're lowering that threshold down to 60%, which should make it easier to get forgiveness. Wow. Uh, an even bigger change is instead of having eight weeks to spend the money, they're extending that to 24 weeks. So, five and a half months. So, um, wow. They are also extending the loan repayment period. Uh, any portion there that's not forgiven converts to a loan. Under the old rules, you had two years to pay it back. That's being extended to five years. Um, and they are pushing out the date. Um, that you can rehire someone and have them count towards um, the FTE calculation. 
Wow. So, those are big. Those are, yeah, significant. Exactly. To the benefit of the small business owner. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to make it easier for everyone to get, you know, more money forgiven. So. Well, Danny, obviously you're a CPA with Premier Tax Services uh, in Morgantown. You know, what does that, you know, what does that mean? I mean, these are changes that are obviously not the law yet, right? They're not passed. Uh, the House has, but um, the Senate has not. What what does this mean for small business owners? Well, you know, it's going to make it easier for those funds to be be forgiven, uh, meaning, you know, they don't convert to a loan. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, but still up in the air is, you know, the IRS released a statement a few weeks ago saying the money that's forgiven is not going to be tax deductible. Um, members of Congress have said that was not their intent and they planned to, you know, put something in a future bill so that these forgiven expenses would be tax deductible, but that was not included in this bill. So as it stands now, these monies that are forgiven, you can't put them on your tax return as an expense. Yeah, well, here's here's the question: though. Will you be taxed on that as income? Officially, <laughs> you are. It's not going on the income line. You just can't take the expense, which has the same effect of its taxable income. Danny, I have a question for you. The uh, as of the twenty seventh of May, there were four million four hundred forty eight thousand plus of these loans made. Yeah. So that means over you know roughly over four you know, presumably over 4 million businesses have applied for these loans. Mm -hmm. if, if you allocate one loan per business from an accounting standpoint, you know, what are some of the, you know, just high level things that, that you recommend businesses start tracking so that when it's time for accounting purposes, they could be able to work with their accountant to say, here, here are our records. Well, great question. There, there's sort of three parts to this. One is records for doing your income tax return for 2020. So that's one thing. The more immediate issue is the accounting that's gonna be required to submit to the bank for the PPP forgiveness portion. You know, there, there is an application out there and there are schedules and attachments. It's a very involved, uh, detailed application to have these funds forgiven. Uh, it sounds like it is going to be done at the bank level, uh, and then they, they'll submit it to the SBA for final approval, but it sounds like it's going to be basically rubber stamps, you know, if, it's, if the loan is less than $2 million. Um, but obviously, um, you want to keep good records. You need to know how much was for payroll, and initially, we were looking at that eight-week period, you know. Now it looks like if, if this goes into effect, it's going to be 24 weeks. Um, and it's still the same expenses. It's still payroll. It's still rent and utilities. So those are the, the ones that you really have to track and make sure that they are spent during the forgiveness period. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I, I think you know, businesses are going to need that direction. I'm sure it's overwhelming. And um, quite frankly, I, I reached out to to my bank not too long ago and said, you know, am I going to get a payment book? And, you know, when, when when should I consider, you know, starting to build this into my budget for repayment? You know, 
should I not be approved, right? So I, I, you know, my way of operating, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this is, as a business owner, is at least until I am forgiven of the loan, I should probably plan to pay it back. <laughs> well, you can't go wrong with that plan, that's for sure. <laughs> but I think assuming you are using it for the intended purposes of payroll and rent and utilities, um, it shouldn't be an issue having it forgiven. But you know, if you're operating under the assumption that you're going to have to pay it back, then you know you're, you're covered. Yeah, either way, right? Yeah, absolutely. What about, uh, were there any uh, changes to the EIDL program at all, Danny? Or is well, that there, kinda... there haven't been any changes that I'm aware of, but that's really become active again uh, in the last week or two. You know, uh, back the first week of April, everyone was hurrying to apply for the, the idle loan grants. Uh, which initially were supposed to be up to $10,000. And then they, a week or so later, changed it to $1,000 per employee, up to 10000 And I guess, you know, a week or so later, people started getting their money as far as the grant portion. And then yeah. for the most part, you didn't hear anything else. Well, people started hearing a week or two ago. Um, you'd get an email from the SBA saying, you know, click here and basically it was for the loan portion of the idle loan. Um, and I've heard of loans from a thousand dollars up to, you know, several hundred thousand, depending on what you know, the size of your business. Uh, and then you go through and basically sign the paperwork and they fund the money within a couple of days at that point. Yeah. Danny, I, I want to ask you, you, you represent a lot of companies and you know, small business owners all over West Virginia. And what's, you know, what's your take right now? What are, what are you seeing, uh, you know, as we're, you know, kind of winding up the month of May, uh, you know, some, you know, two and a half months into this pandemic situation in West Virginia, what are some of the things that you're seeing um, in terms of trends and maybe even uh, any signs of optimism out there that you're seeing? Oh, I think there's a lot of optimism, hmm. you know, as far as our clients go, I think I work with about 125 small businesses. Um, some actually grew their business during, you know, the last couple months. Others weren't impacted very much from a revenue standpoint, and some were impacted pretty severely. Um, I don't think any have gone out of business, which is good. Uh, and pretty much everyone is getting back into you know, more normal operating at this point. And I think uh, for the most part, you know, they're happy to be heading in the right direction and optimistic for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Remind our viewers on Facebook Live, if you guys have any questions for Danny Fink, CPA, from a financial standpoint, obviously just type them in the question uh, area there on the comment section of the Facebook page, and we'd love to hear from you and, and even uh, get, get to one of those questions for you. Uh, this Danny, I have a quick question for you. Related to a business expense that may be uh, associated with COVID-19, I know the governor has been asking businesses to keep track of any expenses, whether it's purchase of masks or anything related to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Um, what is that about? And, and from your perspective, you know, what should businesses be tracking in that arena? Well, maybe he has some idea of um, some sort of tax credit for that. You know, obviously it's going to be a, a tax deduction for you, a business expense. Know, that you're going to be able to write off anyway. You know, if, if 
you're buying sure. masks for your clients or your employees, you know, that's a, that's a business expense and you can deduct it. So I'm assuming he's thinking of some sort of tax credit. So basically if you, you could just create a line item on your uh, income statement, uh, COVID related supplies or whatever, if you wanted to track it separately. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Danny, um, you know, we, we talked about this last week with regard to tax planning, but as, you know, as we start looking forward to July, the first quarter and second quarter tax uh, estimates are going to be due for small business owners yep. uh, that are, that are paying their estimated uh, quarterly taxes. Is there any, uh, is there any other advice you maybe can offer with regard to, you know, what, you know how should people be budgeting that and planning for that? Because obviously that, that those dates are going to be sneaking up on us pretty quickly. They are right. So you want to be looking at your profit year to date. Um, and you know, if you've got an accountant, they can, look at those numbers and give you a good idea of what your tax obligation is, you know, through the end of June and how much you should be making uh, as far as an estimated payment goes there in July. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, um, I mean, what about, what, what specifically about, you know, that percentage, especially like new business owners, maybe this is their mm -hmm. first business cycle. You know, they've been in business a year or something like that and they've never gone through a, uh, a pandemic, none of us have, uh, yeah. and, and be thinking about how to, how to set aside that. What, what kind of percentages, generally speaking? So the state levels is somewhat easier. Um, you know, if you do 6%, you're gonna be in the ballpark yep. uh, for West Virginia. Federal, it's a little more complicated. It's gonna depend on what your business structure is. You know, if you're operating as a sole proprietor, not only do you have the income tax side, you've got self-employment, uh, which is 15.3% of your profits. You know, so if you're in the 25% tax bracket on the income tax side, you would end up at 40%. So it's, it's probably going to range somewhere between 15 and 40 for most people, yep. depending on you know, your business structure. Yeah. Any on a, um, a little bit of a different note here, if, if I'm correct, as of July 1 in West Virginia, businesses are going to have to charge a uh, municipality tax or a, a local sales tax if it's appropriate. Um, I, I think it's July 1. Can you speak to that and, and you know, where that is and any advice on, on, on that tax? Well, you know, a lot of locales have already been, had been doing that previously. And it gets reported on your sales and use tax return. Um, and it's 1% and, you know, it, instead of collecting 6%, you'd collect 7%. Okay. So you, you make it sound so easy, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, to take it to another level, I, I think, and, and many businesses are still grappling with this. It's about where the, where the service is delivered. Correct. So that's right. So I may have an office in Morgantown, but if I'm doing work in Charleston, I've got a, identify what their local tax is, correct? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Well, Danny, do you have any uh, uh, parting thoughts for us today as, as we wind up our segment here today? Well, I guess just everyone stay optimistic. You know, um, I think we're on the road, road to recovery and obviously pay attention to those um, PPP loan forgiveness guidelines. I'm sure it's going to be all over the news in the next week. You know, got to know the rules to know what to do. So, yeah. Well, Danny, I, I love having you on the show because you bring this this 
sense of confidence and, and you're paying attention to this stuff. I got, I was on a call the other day and I recommended somebody to, to get in touch with you because of that fact, because you're, this is a moving, um, it's just a big body of water that's moving and sloshing, it seems like, and there's nobody knows exactly what's happening, but you're, you've got your finger on the pulse, and I really appreciate that, man. Thanks, Jim. Absolutely. It seems you've got to really pay attention right now, because as soon as you think you know what's happening, they change it. So. Absolutely. What I like about you, Danny, is you're the only guy I know that's actually optimistic about taxes. <laughs> he loves this. He loves this stuff, man. No, he's very good at it. Eats Thank it up, you. Danny. Well, thanks for being on, and I'll, hopefully, we'll talk to you here soon. Thanks, Jim. See you, Frank. Take care, Frank. That was a great sec uh, segment, and I really appreciate your questions as well. We got Jay McCord joining us right now. Jay is with Aflac, and his his lane on uh, the West Virginia Small Business Mastermind Group is sales. Jay is a road warrior. I mean, this guy knows how to get it done. And I mean, I, I'm looking at you. You're not driving, are you, Jay? No, no, I'm not. I'm sitting in a parking lot. All right. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. But you are the consummate sales guy. And I just love your, your enthusiasm, your uh, integrity, uh, the way you present your products and everything like that. And it's just great to have you on today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jim. Um, hey, I want to uh, comment something when you had Ed and Kimberly on there, and they were talking about, you know, uh, being the expert. And I, I want to quote my favorite philosopher, Dr. Seuss, who says, if, if you're number one, you have to be odd. I love it. That's great, man. Great, Jay. Well, how's, how's it going out there this week for you? It's, it's a little rough, um, and, and the rough part comes in – who is open and who is not. Yeah. Um, you know, I tried, tried to do a lunch appointment the other day, which, which we actually did, but we went like two different places before we found a place that was open for lunch. <laughs> so my, my word to the business owners out there is if you're open, tell everyone, you know, social <laughs> media, any way you can do it. You know, um, I have a lunch meeting here in a little while. We've been calling places all morning to see if they're open for lunch. So um, just businesses in general, finding out, uh, letting people know that they are open. So, Yeah. Well, Jay, last week you, you, you talked, uh, 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 you delivered a memorable story that I thought was really interesting. And it was that you, uh, you met this client um, on, on their front porch <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, 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 and that's different because they, their office wasn't open and you were going to make a, a presentation to them outside on the front porch. And I thought that was really interesting is, you know, really adapting to the circumstances that you're in. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of pick your brain, Frank, Frank and I want to pick your brain a little bit about what, you know, how you're approaching B2B sales right now and uh, you know, how, how that's working for you. Yeah. Uh, approaching it is I'm probably using the phone more than I have in the past. Um, and, and I've, you know, I'm an old school guy where you walk in, you shake hands, you fist bump. Um, right now that's not working well because number one, you don't know who's open, but number two, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of, Hey, how do we handle this? Um, you know, I was at a place this morning and got gas and, and went in to get a bottle of water and on the door, it said mask required. Um, so not a problem. You know, I, I, I have them in the truck. So I put one on and went in. Um, I've been to other places where it doesn't matter. Um, so just finding out, you know, talking to people on the phone. 
if we are setting meetings, um, you know, I ask them, what's your protocol? Um, I don't want to show up and not have access to a mask when they want one, you know, they want you to have one. Um, yeah. It's kind of like wearing a tie as a man. You can always take it off, but if you don't have one, you can't always put it on. So you always kind of have to be prepared. And, and that's the fluidity of sales. You know, um, we go into a business and you might think you have the perfect solution to their problem. And they tell you what their problem is and it's not what you thought. So you better be able to adapt um, and gear your presentation toward that. Jay, uh, this week alone in West Virginia, the governor's announced that state parks, cabins, lodges, bars, uh, museums, uh, zoos, things like that, and then this weekend, spas, massage therapy, bowling alleys, et cetera, swimming pools will start to open. I believe firmly that that's going to start to spark confidence, right? Folks can yeah. get into recreational activities in a way that they haven't been able to, um, and in some you know, guarded fashion, they can start to congregate again. From, from a sales perspective, uh, what can businesses do to ignite consumer confidence so that they can start to sell again? Yeah. You know, I think it just gives them, gives people that reassurance that, hey, this is what we're doing to protect you. Um, you know, as far as the sanitation of our facilities, you know, wiping down stuff, uh, that kind of stuff. And I think you know, the more and more, it's like riding a bike. The first time you get on there, you probably crash. And then the next time you go 10 feet farther and you crash. And then you just take off and go. And I kind of think that's what we're doing now. It's a progression. And once people go out and they go out to the restaurant and they'll say, you know what, it, that, that experience was fun. We liked it. Um, hey, let's go hiking tomorrow. Let's go hiking this weekend. Um, and then, hey, let's, we went hiking, so we need some new boots or some new shoes, and now we're going to go here. And I think it's like you said, it's just going to snowball into, okay, you know, this, this, uh, I, you know, I hate the word new normal because, you know, I, I was uh, in the old normal and it wasn't that great. Um, so, you know, as a business owner, you better be evolving and changing uh, anyhow. So, you know. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've, my business has done to spark consumer confidence is we've changed our terms. So instead of a normal 30-day term for payment from our clients, you know, we've offered, uh, if they would like, to opt into a 60-day term. Just, you know, sort of giving them some room, right, some breathing room to get their revenues back up to where they can make those payments. And sometimes that'll elicit them to go ahead and commit to to uh to working with us. Do you have any thoughts on other tricks or, or sort of ideas that businesses could put into play to, to get more business and, and to create confidence with their client base? Um, really, it's just, I, I really think it's just letting people know, number one, that they're open, like I said in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, I, that That's huge. Um, it just, you know, I, I like that idea about, you know, deferring out um, Aflac as a company, actually, when this first came out, said we're going to defer payments until June 1st. Um, so if you were a current policyholder, you still had coverage, but you know the payments weren't expected to start again uh, until June 1st. Now that was a deferment; it wasn't a forgiveness, and because of insurance law, that it can't be a sure. forgiveness thing. So, um, but helping people understand what you're doing to help them. You know, just like you said, you were, you were changing your terms. 
um, you know, why did we, why are you doing that? Because revenue right now may be a little bit slower. Um, and in the sales perspective, you know, the calls and things, the contacts that I'm making today are going to turn into the calls next or the sales next month. So, you know, I really think that it, from a salesperson's perspective, June, July are going to be going to be the months where where we really feel the hit of, of what's happened over these past two months. Um, as far as bringing in new business, at least in, in my industry, building, doing that B2B uh, type sales. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of, a lot of businesses, uh, not necessarily retail, but to some d- degree retail, uh, but a lot of B2B type of companies, especially in West Virginia, you know, there's a, a sales cycle, right? Yes. And uh, it was interesting because I, I always refer to it, and this is a common thing, but the, your sales pipeline, right? You're putting prospects in the top of the pipe and hoping at some time they come out at the bottom of the pipe as a client, right? And you're working that funnel, that sales funnel uh, throughout the process. Well, it was interesting to me was, uh, you know, that whole process got disrupted mid-March, right? I had I had two meetings, uh, you know, closing meetings, come up and we'll, we'll sign the contract uh, the third week of March and they, you know, they were postponed. Well, just this past week, this, this week, signed both of, you know, both of those clients. So it was like, I, I thought, well, yeah, there you go. That that that's gone by the wayside. But you know what? I, we can, kept nurturing them. We kept right those seeds, so to speak, that we had planted, and uh, and they came. You know, they 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 sprouted and bore fruit. And uh, so I think you know, I think you're onto something there too, with regard to not only um, the, the short game but the long game, right? Yeah. Simon Sinek calls it the infinite game, right? Yes. Uh, where there is no end and you just keep on going. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, with regard to sales and, and my, my encouragement to West Virginia business owners now, right this minute is, you know, if you haven't started developing that new pipeline, you got to get on it, you know, understand oh, yeah. who those prospects are because there is going to be a, a, a demand for what you offer. And I always talk about, you know, you know, really understanding what problem it is that you solve for people, right? Understanding that first and then being able to demonstrate that to those prospects. Here's how we can help you. Yeah. And, and I think it goes to, you know, it's, it's an old sales adage, uh, features and benefits. Um, and, and people love to buy if they know it's going to be something that's going to benefit them. Um, so to, to, you know, my exam in my industry, insurance. Well, I can go through a brochure and I can tell you how much X is going to pay and how much Y is going to pay. But you know, what, what I'm really doing is selling you a promise that when something bad happens, you're going to be protected. Um, whether it's through a, you know, a, a injury or a sickness that puts you off work or that sickness or injury. Um, so it's, it's letting people know they're still going to need, you know, the, the products that you sell. Um, You know, it's, it, it, it's things didn't take a break. Cancer diagnosis didn't take a break. Accidents didn't take a break. They didn't say, oh, COVID's going on. Well, we have to, you know, we have to lay back here a minute. So life still happens and uh, it's just protecting and, and getting your word out there. Guys, we got a question. Oh, I'm sorry. We got a question from Facebook. I'd like to throw out to you guys and uh, and check this out. This is a guy, he's a small um, business owner, Alan Walker. He's from Beckley. Uh, his company's called The Dragon Den. He says, I run a local game store that does tournaments for games like Magic, The Gathering, uh, where players sit directly across the table from each other. I'm constantly monitoring the opening of 
West Virginia's businesses to see what would be best for him to open back up for gaming. Since the other recreational areas are opening, like Frank had just mentioned, would it be okay for me to open but have the players wear masks? Yeah, well, I'll just you know jump what? in and say one thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As of Friday, June the 5th, the governor has said that casinos and movie theaters can open. So if you think about casinos and gaming, that's a, that's a kind of gaming. Yeah. You know, you know, aligning something along with with the governor's uh, rollout might be advantageous. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also you could you could turn it into an event with, you know, hey, we are requiring you to wear a mask, but we're going to give you a gift certificate for the best or the most creative looking mask and, and turn it into <laughs> a turn it into a, you know, a contest. And I think Frank said that um, a few of these uh presentations back is to incentivize things incentivize you know initiatives so yeah i think you know there's a there's a big debate you know whether you're on the mask or not mask uh side i I mean i I keep i'm of the mindset let's let's protect ourselves and protect each other right and let's wear the mask until we get through this thing whether there's a a vaccine or some kind of a treatment for COVID-19. Obviously, we want to abide by the CDC recommendations. They're recommending masks. So I think Alan Walker, I I think from from my perspective, I would say yes, when it's safe, I would would follow Frank's recommendation on that and and, uh, maybe look at that week of June 5th and have your players wear masks. And I like Jay's idea of the contest. And I'll be honest with you, we, uh, our Rotary Club uh, is still meeting via Zoom, you know, uh, here in Morgantown. And uh, on our meeting last yesterday, uh, it was brought up, we should all have rotary masks. So I'm ordering 100 (laughs) rotary masks uh, from our friend Blake Stewart uh, that are custom embroidered or uh, dye sublimated masks. So, you know, Alan Walker, I mean, that that could be something you could do is just have, you know, have masks with your logo on it when people come in, just a mask, you know, it's like four bucks, five bucks or whatever, you know. That could be a cool promotion. I would say if you get masks, get one with a little wire around the nose for guys like me who wear glasses so their glasses don't see me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Jay, do you have any parting thoughts? Um, Nope. Just uh, everybody be safe. Wash your hands. Um, And if you're open, please let the world know that you're open. Yeah, man. I think, I think that's awesome. Great advice. And, and Jay, I always appreciate your perspective uh, on that. So Jay McCord with Aflac. Jay, have an awesome weekend and uh, hope, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good day. Thank you, Jay. Boom. Fist bump. Great segment. Andy Walker's with us with Interaction Media joining us from Clarksburg, West Virginia. Andy, how are you doing this morning? This afternoon. It is morning, I guess. <laughs> I'm left in the morning doing good, uh, Jim. Great to see you. Great to see you too, Frank. Yeah, man. Hey, Andy. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, uh, Andy, you know you're a uh, you're a marketing guy. You've uh, you've done work in Pittsburgh. You've done work in New York City. Uh, you still have clients up in New York City. Um, you know, talking about uh, post COVID nineteen marketing strategies and what are I wanted yeah. to Frank and I wanted to pick your brain a little bit just uh, on you know you heard you heard Jay there. I don't know if you heard him his segment, but he was talking about, you know, if nothing else, you got to let people know that you're open. You know, that's a, I think the first, first order of business, right? To let people know that you're open. What are some of the things that you're, uh, you're seeing out there and what, what kind of uh, thoughts do you have on this matter? 
Yeah. Um, I, just before I jump into that, I do want to double down on what Jay was saying, because that couldn't be any more true. Just let people know that you're open. Um, recently, I was over in a shopping plaza up in Morgantown, and there were two restaurants directly across from each other. And one had a huge banner that says, we're open. I knew that they were open. The other one right across the street, they looked dark. There were no signs out. It was lunchtime. They were could have been open, but as a consumer, I had no clue. So if I was pulling in there, I'm going to the one who's telling me that they're open. So I at least know that they're there for business. And so I know that seems extremely basic, but during this time, you can't take for granted that people will assume that you're open, that you're able to serve them uh, as a customer. So I, I know that seems uh, you know very simple and basic, but I think Jay hit it right on the head. Um, yeah. You just gotta, you gotta be out there and letting people know. Um, in terms of marketing, I think one of the biggest things that I've been thinking about um, is communicating from the perspective to build trust. Mm. Um, we're in this, in this area right now where we need to start regaining trust with our consumers. Um, not that they don't necessarily trust you as a business, but they're in a period right now where they you know, have a little bit of uh, trust issues, uh, you know, kind of across the board. Is it safe for them to go out? Is it safe for them uh, to be in different areas of, of their city? Um, so anything that you can do to communicate that trust, um, you know, proactively showing them how you're putting their safety first and foremost during this reopening process, um, how that you're going to be able to serve them. Uh, you know, if you're a brick and mortar store, you know, talk about your mask policy if you have one. Um, explain how your employees are going to be interacting with them as a customer, you know, maintaining social distancing, but still being there to help them and walk them through anything that they need help on. Um, so I, I think that, that is extremely key right now is just making sure that all your communications is geared to build trust with your, with your customers and the community that you're serving. Yeah. I think and you have a question for you. Oh, I'm sorry, Jim, go ahead. I was going to say, Frank, that goes right to your com uh, concept of uh, inspiring confidence. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I recently read in an entrepreneur magazine that 56% of Americans like hearing how local companies are in, you know, impacting or helping their communities from a marketing standpoint. Uh, what advice do you have for businesses uh, to sort of you know, put that information out there, whether it's via social media or otherwise, to say, hey, here's what we're doing to contribute. Yeah, no, I, that's absolutely right. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, businesses, big and small, take that approach. Um, uh, here at West Virginia News, we've had a lot of our advertisers utilize their advertising space to show how all their various locations around the state have been serving their community, the different organizations they've been partnering with and giving back. So like you said, it could be on social media, sharing photos of how you're giving back to the community or supporting, you know, our essential workers during this time. Um, and then using traditional media as well to leverage that. So maybe your ad isn't focused around a sale or promotion, but how you're serving the community during this time. And that is a trend that we are certainly seeing uh, kind of across the board and in, in all the different, uh, you know, companies and businesses with that we work with. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Andy, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, we, we talk about messaging and, 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 and things of that nature, you guys had rolled out a, um, at WV News, a, um, a platform that was a, a grant pro, uh, program. Can you talk a little bit about that? I had uh, Andy Nicely, uh, who's a publisher uh, with your organization on several weeks ago, and it was uh, just when they were launching that program. How is that working for you guys right now? 
Yeah, it's really been a, a fantastic uh, program um, that we've been able to offer to our advertisers and to our partners. Um, you know, we know that a lot of businesses are hurting uh, right now, but it is super important for them to be able to still stay out in front of their customers. And so often marketing and advertising budgets are one of the first things that get slashed during a time of crisis. Uh, you know, people start looking for all those things that they can control and scale back on. Um, but during a time like this, marketing and advertising is something uh, that you still need to be doing. And you see a lot of savvy businesses double down during that time because they see uh, that the inventory is, you know, uh, they have a lot more reach and capacity during that time because there's not as much competition during that time. Um, so we rolled out that program and, you know, we've just seen tremendous success all throughout the state and over in Maryland um, where businesses have been able to take, you know, uh, part in that advertising uh, matching grant program. Um, so, you know, maybe they were still able to maintain their current marketing budget in the reach that they're used to. Um, but during this unity matching grant period, they've been able to, you know, you know, kind of pay half of what they would normally do. And so uh, it's, it's been extremely successful in, in helping, uh, you know, businesses stay out there in communication uh, with their customers. Um, we've even had a few uh, businesses reach out and just say, we just love this and we think it was great that you are doing this to support businesses. So we want to support you and take part in it as well. Oh, uh, brand cool. new advertisers. So that, that's been pretty yeah. neat. Uh, you know, just the way that, you know, kind of, you know, people utilize this to support the community. Absolutely. You know, Frank uh, talked uh, last segment about uh, offering some incentives uh, for, for customers coming back, right? Frank, in terms of yeah. you know, extending your terms and stuff like that, are you seeing that out there as well with some of your customers that you're dealing with or even with WV News? Yeah, um, pretty much all, all the customers that are, you know, a business to consumer and even some B2B are definitely being pretty flexible and looking for ways that they can, you know, incentivize certain things. We work with an insurance company who has really gone above and beyond to support uh, their customers during this time, you know, with their premiums and uh, giving uh, back part of their premiums and just different creative ideas like that. Um, so yeah, we are seeing a lot of businesses um, look for opportunities to do that. It varies, you know, depending on what their industry is, what their capacity is to do that. But yeah, it, it's yeah. certainly been a popular thing. Absolutely. Our guest this segment is Andy Walker. Andy's with uh, WVNews.com, one of our sponsors, as well as Interaction Media. And if you have any marketing or messaging, uh, strategic advertising questions for Andy, drop them in the uh, Facebook comments section on the Facebook Live, and we'll try to get to those uh, as well. Uh, you know, Frank, you know, you're a, uh, you're a guy who, who has clients all over um, West Virginia and other, other states as well. Uh, from a, a messaging standpoint, uh, you know, whether it's uh, utilizing traditional media, digital media, what are some of the things that you're seeing out there, Frank, at, at relating to, you know, um, what Andy's talking about and, and you know, the, uh, the effectiveness of your message? Yeah, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I, I think I see a lot of, par, you know, paralyzation, you know, people, folks are paralyzed still. And so, you know, in that recent, you know, or actually in that same article in Entrepreneur Magazine that I mentioned earlier, uh, 86% of Americans surveyed said that there will be a new normal in the business world. So from uh, the standpoint of acknowledging sort of the, the elephant in the room, I, you know, I think businesses, you know, that's going to be important for them to do that and, you know, potentially deploy some different, you know, digital marketing strategies and, and other sorts of things. I mean, Andy, what are your thoughts on, 
on you know adjusting or you know reevaluating your digital marketing strategies. Yeah, absolutely. So a trend that we're seeing um, on levels of you know big scale projects and small scale projects is more and more businesses utilizing video during this time. So whether it's live video like we're doing here now, or maybe it's working with a company to create, you know, a more highly produced video. Um, but to me, that kind of goes back to the principle of being able to show, not just tell how you're going to be able to serve your company, your customers during this time. Um, it's one thing to tell them, but to actually be able to show them, you know, how the, how you're taking precautions, you know, how your store is adjusting to this. Um, and then leveraging that online, it's never been easier to put out video messaging than it is right now you know with your phone you can quickly go live or you can bring in a production crew uh, and go live that way so there are really so many different options and i think it is extremely vital to show let people see don't leave it up to their imagination you know what that's going to look like when they walk into your store again going back to rebuilding that trust with our consumers if they can see online before ever coming to your store or to your business those steps that you put into place, that instantly starts building back that trust because they know immediately what to expect when they uh, walk through those doors. Andy, I couldn't agree with you more. That's awesome. You know, when I think about like, you know, just anecdotally, you know, when you go to a restaurant right now, okay, and you see people wiping down the table and wiping down the chairs and they're, and they're doing the stuff that they said they were going to do, that in, in, in your mind, it just solidifies, wow, these guys are really doing it. They're not just saying it, they're actually doing it. So a video can be an, an amazing way to tell that story. And I, I would also, um, you know, I'm just weighing in here on, on this subject matter, but I, I would also say that, you know, you got to be really intentional with that message as well, right? And having a game plan that you can't just turn on your camera and start winging it right yeah absolutely <laughs> it'd probably be a bad strategy but have a game plan have a have a thought you know have some some key points that you want to get to and get right to it right and and yeah. telling that story frank you you're a a master of 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 you know leveraging words you know word you know the the, the spoken word and the, the the written word are two of the most powerful tools we have you know in the world right i mean think about that i yeah. mean words uh, matter Words matter. And the old saying is, if you're not telling your story, someone else is going to tell it for you. Exactly. So I think it's imperative to get out there and tell that story and have, have integrity in your message. So, you know, your, your digital messaging, you know, your, your uh, static messaging and, and, and actually what you're doing and how you're performing your functions when customers walk in should all be consistent. Yeah. And that will build that trust, Andy, I believe that you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 again, and we, we it's it's a cyclical thing. You know, Ed talked you know chicken or the egg a little bit ago in the first segment, uh, Ed DeCosta. But you know, the, the the reality is is that the way you inspire that confidence is by building the trust. By in, the way you build the trust is by telling a story that and delivering on the promise. Right? It's all cyclical. In other words, it's not just these things just don't live in in isolation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another thing, just to kind of tack on, what I think is also cool about utilizing video, um, it kind of holds you accountable. It's easy to put into words and say, oh, you know, we're going to make sure that we've got things spaced six feet apart and our employees are wearing masks. But if you're actually showing them, people have seen it and they're going to take that seriously. Uh, so I think that's a great thing for businesses to use it as a tool to hold themselves accountable. Yeah. Because I think as this situation prolongs and goes on, um, it, it's going to be easy to, you know, try to maybe 
lax, you know, loosen up some of those uh, protocols and those precautions that are in place. Um, but if you're out there constantly visually showing people what you're doing, they see that and they're going to expect it. And, yeah. and they're going to, you know, make sure that you're living up to that standard that you're putting out there. That's a great that's point. Important. That's a great point. I think it's about responsibility, right? Opening yeah. responsibly and, and, and sustaining the, the, the diligence is going to be really an important thing because, you know, I, I could, uh, I just speak for myself, but you know, it's real easy to get off track if you're like, ah, eh, that didn't hurt anything. But in this particular yeah. situation, we can't see it, right? We're fighting a, an enemy, this virus that we can't see. We can't, uh, you know, people that are spreading it uh, sometimes aren't even symptomatic. Yeah. Right. And so it, right. I think it's a thing that we all have to keep in mind is we need to be responsible. All the things that we're talking about kind of a, an overarching, uh, I guess, uh, uh, thought should be that we're doing things by protocol and we're doing things by recommendation of the CDC and, and, and others. So that's great stuff. Andy, do you have any parting thoughts for us uh, uh, for this week uh, as, it, as it pertains to messaging and, and uh, post COVID-19 uh, marketing? concepts just kind of doubling down you know communicate to build trust i think that's the key thing right now is communicate to build trust yeah that's good stuff great message frank, frank how about you you've been uh, you've been awesome this week man ha having you on thank you uh, frank for for being a guest and a co-host of this podcast what are what are your final thoughts oh, this has been great we've had excellent guests on the show and 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 i think you know they're you know the wisdom they've imparted has been great you know, I think you've got to have messaging. And I think that message right now is that we're open, you know, and, and I think every business out there should have some sign, either digital, virtual, uh, or, or live, uh, uh, you know, sign says we're open. So let's be open for business and let's grow our business. Amen. Let's, let's rock it. Folks, that's a, uh, a wrap on another edition of the West Virginia Small Business Mastermind on Positively West Virginia. And, Guys, I just want to thank everybody. I mean, it, this was great. We had, uh, I think, something like 1,800 engagement uh, live on the on the awesome. uh, show. Just looking at my metrics here, uh, which is excellent. We had some great questions pop up, uh, people commenting on, on the Facebook Live. And I just want to thank our guest today. Uh, my co-host today is Frank Vitale with uh, Forge Business Solutions, uh, Kimberly Hambrick with Hambr uh, Kimberly Hambrick Consulting, Ed DaCosta, with Catalyst Associates, Danny Fink with Premier Tax Services, uh, Jay McCord with Aflac, and Andy Walker with WVNews.com and Interaction Media. Uh, this Small Business Mastermind is coming to you every Friday at 11 o'clock. So we look forward to seeing you. It's one hour, and uh, we definitely appreciate everybody tuning in. Spread the word out there. If you, if you like what you're hearing out there, uh, we're just trying to help West Virginia businesses win, and uh, we're trying to bring content and value to our audience every single Friday on this show. Our sponsors for the show are Insurance Centers, WVNews.com, The State Journal, and Interaction Media. Uh, for uh, this episode, uh, Frank Vitale, Andy Walker, guys, thanks for being on. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. <laughs>